Yo, what is up and happy Wednesday to everybody or Ben's Day, as some people in Still a Nation call it. This is your guy Trail for Let's Be Real Media. Welcome to episode six of Blitzburg County. Get your terrible towels, get you some hot or cold to drink. Let's tap in, man. Like, I'm feeling great. Let's go ahead and just tap in. Today, we're actually going to look at week one. Week one matchup against the Buffalo Bills, in which the Steelers were able to pull off the W, um, surprising practically everyone, including myself. Uh, I'll give you key takeaways from this game, some questions I have going forward, and lastly, give you a game preview of our home opener in week two against the Las Vegas Raiders. So, Again, sit back, relax, still a nation. Let's tap in. Yeah, as I said, much to the surprise of practically everyone, including myself, the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to go into Buffalo and pull out a huge win uh, by a score of 23 to 16. Uh, just to run down some quick stats, um, Ben on the day was 18 of 32, 488 yards with a touchdown. So less than 40 throw pass attempts, so I'm okay there. Not much on the running ground uh, from Najee, 16 carries, 45 yards. Um, the receiving core did it, staying uh, led by Juju Smith-Schuster with four catches for 52 yards. Chase Claypool with three receptions for 45 yards. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who had the uh, touchdown on the day for the Steelers, five catches for 36 yards. Um on the Bills side of things, uh, Josh Allen, 30 of 51 with 270 yards and a touchdown. Not much on the ground from them. Their leading rusher was uh, Devin Singletary with 11 carries, 72 yards. On the receiving end, nice little spread out for the Bills led by Stephon Diggs with nine catches for 69 yards. First and foremost, I got to commend the defense here for holding Stephon Diggs under 70 yards. Um, and kudos to Coach Tomlin for actually devising the game plan to not necessarily stop Stephon Diggs, but to keep him in check. Because last season, Stephon Diggs torched us, and it was evident. So kudos to the defense there. Um for much of this game, the Steelers on offense looked god-awful. Just god-awful. But much of that was due to a young offensive line, as I mentioned with Najee Harris' stats. That's only going to get better, I believe, as the season goes along. Um, the defense, though, we have to give a huge kudos to our defense for the way that they played. TJ Watt showing why I've been saying they're in and they're out. You blank check that man. You just hand him a blank check. You say, TJ, write a number that's comfortable for you and we'll pay it. Five quarterback hits, two sacks. One of those was a sack fumble and which was recovered by Cam Hayward. So TJ showing every little bit of why he got the payday that he got. Alex Highsmith was great. Melvin Ingram for $4 million was a steal. He actually showed some great promise, too, with some uh, rushes being able to get to the quarterback and create havoc in the backfield. 
I mentioned all these names, and I still haven't mentioned Devin Bush, who's coming back off a torn ACL. And we know what Devin Bush is getting. Then I got to give kudos to our secondary. Um, they did a great job of holding up and not necessarily being torched as they typically would be sometimes. Um, Joe Hayden played a great game. Of course, we know what we got from Inca Fitzpatrick. Uh, Cam Sutton was great. Uh, the rookie Trey Evans out of Oklahoma showed why he deserves to be on the field as well. All around, man, I am just excited. I'm happy that Pittsburgh got this win, and I will be the first. I'm a man of my word. I did pick the Steelers to lose this game. And I will greatly apologize to Steelers Nation on this podcast for not necessarily not having faith in the Steelers, but not expecting the Steelers to be in this game. Like, I really thought it was going to be more of what happened last season. And they proved me wrong. And I'm happy for it. So, but let's get to these key takeaways. So, with that being said, I have a few takeaways from this game that I think the Steelers could possibly use going forward. Uh, First and foremost, I'm just going to get this one out of the way. And this has been its way practically since Coach Tomlin has been in Pittsburgh. But any game that's a dogfight, I'm pretty much going to take the Steelers every single time. While, yes, the offense didn't score any points in the first half, we held the Bills to just 10 points in the first half. You had that sense throughout the game that it was a it was a dogfight. And the more uglier the game gets and the more of a dogfight a game becomes when the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the field, my mind is on Pittsburgh every single time. Because at some point, a big play is going to happen for Pittsburgh, which is not necessarily going to break the game open, but it's going to shift the momentum on the Steelers' side to the point to where they're not going to look back. And that was a case in point today. Um, the defense played out of it. Not today. Excuse me. That was the point on Sunday. The defense played out of its mind. Yeah, the offense was unable to accumulate points but early on in that first half. But the defense hanging there, like I said, they played a hell of a game. And eventually, things started to open up for the offense. Now, we didn't get any <laughs> touchdowns or the two drives in the red zone that led us to the red zone on early on in that third quarter. But the fact that we accumulated points, you started to see the momentum slowly shift. And then, boom, special teams makes a big play with a block punt with a scoop and score. Pittsburgh takes the lead, never looks back. So first takeaway if this is going to be the way Pittsburgh plays football, make it a dog fight, I'm going to take him every single time. As simple as that. Second takeaway. This defense has not missed a single step. There were a lot of questions going into the season just from the media as a whole about where the Steelers defense was going to be. Going into the season, uh, you had Devin Bush coming back from a torn ACL. Uh, but Dupree, who we also lost last season to injury, is now with the Tennessee Titans. 
you know, Robert Spillane filled in nicely, but really hasn't been that guy to step up and fill the shoes left by Bud Dupree. But we got that with Alex Highsmith. Of course, we had the TJ Watt situation, which would a little longer <laughs> than I would have wanted. But I'm glad that we have him signed to an extension. So there was questions there. There was also questions with the secondary, whether or not we should make a long-term deal for Joe Hayden. Of course, now that TJ's paid, we got to focus our attention on trying to pay Minka Fitzpatrick. And then, of course, the question of Cam Sutton, who was due for a big year, uh, who actually played well um, this past Sunday also. So... Not much has really changed. Like, this defense has not missed a beat. I, honestly, I'll go out on a limb and say it looks better than last year. I think Alex Highsmith has filled in nicely. I mentioned earlier about Melvin Ingram, who was a steal. Again, getting him for $4 million was a huge steal there. And Joe Scobert, who's a decent coverage type of linebacker is not too, is not too shabby either so um, the defense hasn't missed a beat and I'm glad that that's going to be if they're going to make these games a dogfight again I'm taking the Steelers alright Steeler Nation now it comes to the part where I have a few questions that I must ask of the Steelers that may not be of much concern but could be of concern as we go down the line so, first and foremost, riddle me this, Steeler Nation. Can this offensive line hold up for the entire season, for an entire 17-game season? Yes, this offensive line is young. We're starting rookies on the offensive line. Didn't look great in the first half. Around midway through the third quarter, that's when they started to kind of come to life. You saw some big-time runs from Najee Harris eventually. Um, the end around with Chase Claypool and things of that nature. So my question for the Steelers, first and foremost, is can this offensive line hold up for the entirety of the season? Because it's evident that we want to run the football. That's one. And it's also evident that we want to do kind of what we did last year in the passing game in which Ben is not sitting in the pocket all day. Like he's looking to get the ball out as quickly as he possibly can so we can get these receivers out in space so they can make plays or get Najee out in space so he can make plays. So that's my first question. Can his offensive line hold up for the entirety of the season? We'll get a true test of that as I go into our game preview for this upcoming Sunday. Secondly, can we keep Ben Roethlisberger under 40 pass attempts a game? Uh, this past week, he against in the matchup against Buffalo, he only had 32 pass attempts, which again was ideal for me because we shown that we were trying to run the football, but unfortunately, we didn't get get far with the running game until again midway through the third quarter, and then for the rest of the game. But if Ben is put in a situation where he has to throw the ball 40 plus times. Typically means disaster because in that in that past attempts, he's guaranteed to throw at least one interception. I mean, come on, let's let's be real. Ben is good for one interception a game if he's passing the ball over forty times. But so 
can the Steelers establish a rushing attack that's well enough to where we keep Ben Roethlisberger under 40 pass attempts a game? That's my second question. Third, do we, for this for Matt Canada in our offense, do we have anything in which Ben Roethlisberger is lining up under center? Often too much in this game against the Bills, the Steelers were lined up in shotgun with Najee as the long back next to Ben. I'm not a fan of it. I mean, if that's how things are run today in today's football, then it's an adjustment I have to make. But I'm more of a proponent of if you're looking to establish a rushing attack, why are you constantly lining up in shotgun? Riddle me that. Riddle me this. Riddle me that. Still nation. If we're trying to emphasize running the ball with this offensive line and with Najee Harris, why are we constantly lining up in shotgun? You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that one year of the Dallas Cowboys in which they were running the exact same thing to which they came out and stressed their offensive line and their rushing attack with Ezekiel Elliott, but yet they're constantly lining up in shotgun. Like, why? Real to me, this still a nation. Like, please. I would love to know because this past Sunday, like, every time they was lined up in shotgun, I ended up cringing. And I believe had we lined up under center and just trusted our offensive line there, we probably could have come away with a touchdown a lot sooner than what we eventually did on offense. Again, but that's just me. And lastly, my question, and I find it funny, this all revolves around the offense. It just shows you how great our defense is. Lastly, who is going to be wide receiver number one? We know the clout that Juju Smith-Schuster brings. We know the whole ordeal. He took less money to come back to the Steelers. And, of course, he's going to be looking for a big payday after this season. So, of course, he has to prove himself. Chase Claypool has to capitalize on his rookie campaign and look to prove more of himself. We've already been raving about Deontay Johnson, of course, who had the long touchdown who is looking for a breakout season this year as well. So out of those three, and not to mention, we got James Washington, who's formidable in his own right. Who is going to establish themselves as wide receiver one? The stats may indicate Juju Smith-Schuster, but honestly and truthfully, I I think it's Chase Claypool. I I, I really do. Because Chase has that 6'4", 6'5", frame, and... He's a guy that if you're throwing a jump ball up, he can go get it, which was highly evident <laughs> in that one catch uh, that he had against Tredavious White. Of course, Tredavious White, one of the premier corners in the game, that, that catch by Clay was just phenomenal. And I'm more of so leaning more towards him being a wide receiver one. But it may not be him. It could, in all fairness, be Juju Smith-Schuster, but – Who's going to step up and become wide receiver one? Because the receiving core is going to be key. It's going to be key moving forward for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
So, but those are the questions I have. Hopefully they get answered. If not by week two, hopefully at some point in the season. Let's move on. The Steelers would now take their win in Buffalo and make their way back home to Heinz Field this Sunday as they prepare to take on the Las Vegas Raiders, who are coming off a huge, huge win over the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football to kick off the season in arguably the most dramatic and most Raiders fashion possible, <laughs> to say the least. Um the Raiders eventually had two touchdowns eventually called back. Then there was an interception thrown. They went off a defender's helmet. Like that, that game was crazy. Like if you had the opportunity, just check out the highlights for that game. Um, this is a game, I believe, when I went over the schedule, I picked Pittsburgh to win. And which would have been their first win, according to my prediction in my schedule. But predictions are just that prediction. So you still got to play the game. Um, I believe with this momentum that the Steelers have now and with them going home, with that crowd in Heinz Field is going to be fired up. I have no issue as to why the Pittsburgh Steelers should not win this game. If the defense played the way that it played against Buffalo, holding Buffalo to just really one touchdown and three field goals, There's no no way that they should have trouble with Las Vegas. But this is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and stranger things have happened. So remember, we lost to Blake Bortles in the playoff game. We lost to the Chicago Bears, who literally had no passing game whatsoever. So stranger things have happened for the Steelers. So that's why you play the game. Um, but on the Raiders' side of things, um, Max Crosby, who practically was everywhere in the backfield, did a great job of not necessarily containing, but making big plays and having the big sacks on Lamar Jackson when it came, you know, clutch time for the Raiders. And again, I'm laughing at the Raiders. We tried to tell you about Alejandro Villanueva. Our offensive line was trash last year, and he was part of that. So have fun with that, Baltimore. But anyway, but yeah, before the Steelers to come out for the win, they just have to do what they did this week against the Bills, make it a dogfight, win the time of possession battle. The first question I had about the offensive line definitely is going to be put to the test because, again, it seemed like every single possession for the Baltimore Ravens, every single play, Max Crosby was in the backfield in Lamar Jackson's face. And if he's able to do that to Ben, we're in for a long day. So this offensive line can hold up. If we can get an effective rushing attack going, mix in a couple of passing plays here and keep Ben under 40 attempts, in my opinion, Again, I just don't see how the Steelers cannot go home and open up their home portion of the season with a win. But yeah, man, week one was a success. Looking to looking to amplify that with another win in week two. 
This has been the Blitzburg County Podcast. This you got Trev. Peace out. Football is here, man. TJ is signed long term. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you for listening to the Blitzburg County Podcast as part of Let's Be Real Media. Be sure to follow Let's Be Real Media on Instagram and Twitter at LB Real Media. Uh, you can follow me personally on Instagram at Why Not Trevor and on Twitter at The Art of Trevor. Also, be sure to check out all of the other podcasts as part of Let's Be Real Media, the Let's Be Real Podcast, the I Don't Know Sports Podcast. Let's tighten up for all my Tennessee Titans fans out there. Schooling with Sheedy, and last and most certainly not least, the Let's Talk About It podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless. Peace.